The chase is on. So the points keep flowing. Oh, what a play. I need to see from a different angle. Wow. Can you believe that? It's the Three Blokes NRL Fantasy Podcast with Nick Callum and Riley. Yes, that time of week again. Welcome back to Three Blokes NRL Fantasy just want to touch on this. I got a text the other day from my mate and he goes, who was that guy introducing the podcast? Great question. Here's your answer. It is Peter Pesoltis from Wide World of Sports. Thank you, Peter Pesoltis. Nick and Callum. G'day, boys. G'day, mate. Yes. Salty. How good? How good? How good? How good? Good to see you, boys. Long time no see. Pretty big episode we've got. Without further ado, we are going to start the episode with the New Zealand Warriors. The Warriors. So they've got Dallin Matini Zalesniak starting at fullback. Jesse Arthurs, new addition to the club, and Marcelo Montoya will be on the wings. Adam Pompey and Rocco Berry will be the centres. Another new um, person at the team, actually I should say two, is Ash Taylor and a returning player, Sean Johnson. Will be in the halves. Uh, Adam Fanil, Blake, and Buntiafoa will be the front rowers. Wade Egan uh, will be the hooker. At this stage, you've got Josh Curran, Ewan Aiken on the edge with Bailey Sirinan at lock. Kurt Nikarima will be the number 14 and will be the, um, the versatile player on the bench. We've got Jazz Tavanga, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and also Aaron Penne who will take the uh, forward rotation spots on the bench as well. Callum Mates. Yes, mate. Any standouts that could be good additions? Look, uh, there, there's a few. Um, first off, I want to just say that there's a few uh, omissions from the um, the Warriors side for round one. Reese Walsh and Matt Lodge will uh, not be there for the first game, but they I think they're available from round two onwards. So that'll be handy once they're back in the side. Also, I want to say that the Warriors, I think they've got a fairly comfortable open to their season. They've got the Dragons, Titans, Tigers, Broncos, and Cowboys for the first five games. Oh, so. that second game might be a bit of a challenge for them, mate. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So, obviously, uh, there's a few players that I'm interested in this year. One of them, they're not going to be there, I think, until about the middle of the season is Tohu Harris. He's currently out with a knee injury, but he was a gun player last year, uh, averaged 58.9 points a game in the middle and edge position. So I believe he's still got the dual position this year, which is very handy to have in your side. Look, he'll be someone that you can just leave in your team. He's missed a consistent, scores 60 points a game. He's currently priced at 763000 so it is a little bit expensive. But when he comes back, who knows, he might start on the bench. They might just ease him in, and if that's the case, he'll drop in price. And then once he gets back into the starting side, then jump on him, I say. He'll be a very good player to have in your side. Another person who I'm interested this year to having in my team, I think Nick could be similar, is Ewan Aiken. Now, Ewan Aiken's dual position this year for the edge and the center position, but he's come out and uh, stated that he will be starting in the second row and... I believe he probably will have that position for uh, most of the season. He's currently priced at 540000 He's got an average of 43 points from last year. Break-even is the same as his average, 43. Currently owned by 17.8, so that is quite high. He's, I'd say probably the, the most owned player in the Warriors' side. But yeah, he's definitely someone I'm very interested in. He should probably average this year, I'd say, roughly about 50, 55. Who knows, maybe slightly more, starting on an edge. And I think he'll um he'll get 80 or should play 80 minutes there as well. So you can select him at either at the moment because it is quite hard to find reasonable edge players who are priced in the 500,000s. Um, so if you want to put him in an edge, chuck him in. If not, then he'll be a gun center to have in your, to- in your, in your team. All right. 
Yes, I am interested in Ewan Aitken. A cheap option maybe. Next up, Jesse Arthurs. Centre and wing fullback dual position from the Broncos move to the Warriors. I think he's got the centre spot, but I'm not sure exactly yet. So he's priced at 23. His career average is 23.7. Last year when he was playing at centre, he averaged 28.4. So that's five points of value there, I guess. His winger career average is only 17.8. So hopefully he's not in the wing, which I don't think he will be. His career average at centre is actually pretty high. It's 30.6, well, higher than his last year average at centre. So if he does get the centre start, he could be an option with the dual position cover just early in the season. Someone cheap you can have on your like emergency interchanger. If you need someone and then upgrade him as soon as possible or when he reaches his peak, which might be after about four or five rounds, I'm not sure currently. And I'll also speak about Josh Curran, who was someone I jumped on last year and then he got suspended, was it, Callum, or injured? I think it was suspended. Um, Yeah, actually, it could have been a slight suspension. I don't think he was out for too long, though, was he? No, he was about, oh, it was about three or four weeks, I think. And a lot of people sold him and I kept him. And then when he came back, he was like a gun. Was yeah, a gun got, got, got the starting spot. Got the starting spot, just killed it. So he's priced pretty high this year, 675K as a middle and an edge. So he's got the dual position as well. 54 break even last year, averaged 52.1 in his minutes over 40 and averaged 1.5 tackle breaks, 36 and a half tackles, and he scored a few tries. So he has potential to be a, a gun, but 675K just seems too high for me to buy him right at the start of the season. Uh, you either go for a gun that you're going to keep the whole year that you know is going to be a keeper the whole year or maybe try and free up some cash with the, with the cash cow. I don't, I, I just can't seem to fit Josh Curran into my team. His minutes over 70, when he plays 70 more or more minutes, he averaged nearly 60 points which is pretty decent. Uh, and it also mean he will make a little bit of cash if he can get like 70 minutes, like play most of the game. I just don't know if he will actually get that with the amount of sort of forwards that they have there, especially if Aiken's playing in the edge now, Lodge coming back. I just don't know if he's going to mm-hmm. actually get those minutes. So I'd probably just hold off on him. It's a bit of a risk. Yeah, I agree. I've got one more person actually. I'll go and then Sean Johnson. I'll just yeah, briefly was, mention Sean Johnson. Gonna, I was just going to say, what's your thoughts on SJ? Sean Johnson. Yeah, he's the second most owned Warriors player. So Aikens and uh, Aikens number one and Sean Johnson's number two. I don't, I don't think Sean Johnson is a buy at all. I don't know how he's going to come back to the... Like, he's getting older now. He's coming back to the club. He hasn't scored well recently. But in, in saying that, he, he is only priced at, at 44. He's only 544K. And last year, he averaged 48.2. The kick meters reductions, the reason why his um, break-even's down from his average last year by four points. So they've tried to sort of cancel that out. His average last year when he played halfback was 52.3, though, at, at the show. Marks. He he does have potential there, but he does rely a lot on his base is a lot around kick meters and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's only going to get those high scores if he can score tries and and you know make those line breaks like he used to do, which I don't think he can on a consistent basis anymore. Like he can, like don't get me wrong, he can still like have those magic moments, but I don't think he's going to be able to do it consistently enough for you him to make a lot of money so i just i probably won't buy him i I agree like obviously with their um fairly comfortable start to the season he might do well uh, in attacking uh, stats but i don't think he's going to be someone to pick up he'll probably average around the mid 40s um i i didn't actually i don't have this person written down in my notes but looking at the team list it could be someone to look at and that's adam fenor blake uh last year I think he he averaged about 50 points from about 55 minutes. So he had a few games where he played 60, 64 minutes, 63 minutes. And he got 63, 65. He's got a decent um, point per minute, almost at one, it's 0.92. 
He's only owned by 3.46 thousand at the moment, priced at 651k. He could be a decent option to put in your mids if you're struggling to uh, find players, or even if you want uh, a pod player if you're playing overall instead of head-to-head this year on fantasy. But yeah, he could be could be someone to look at. Good stuff. All right. Moving on from the New Zealand Warriors, we're going to go to Cal's team. Cowboys, here Cowboys. we go. How good. All right. You've yeah. been looking forward to this one for a while, mate. <laughs> yes. So at fullback, you've got the Hammer, Hamiso, Tabuai, Fido, uh, Kyle Felt, and Murray Talangi will be on the wings. Val Holmes and Peter Hiku, new to the, uh, the side this year, will be the starting centres. Uh, at this stage, um, Fox are reporting that Scott Drinkwater be in the halves with Chad Townsend. Also, they've got Cohen Hess and Jordan McLean starting at front row. Reese Robson will be the lock. Oh, sorry, not the lock, the hooker. Uh, ben Condon, Hill and Lukey will be on the edge, and Jason Tamalolo will be the lock. Uh, Jake Granville on the bench, Ruben Cotter, Mitch Dunn, and Tom Gilbert. I'm going to say that wait until the trials with this team, because I think there's going to be a few adjustments that Todd Payton might try to put in, and I think a few of them will be Jeremiah Nane might come into the side on the bench, and there's talks of Jason Tamalolo playing front row, which means Cohen Hess will go onto the bench, and I think Ruben Cotter, there's talks of him starting at lock. There's a lot of interesting options there, yes. isn't, there isn't there? There is. There's a lot of changes that can come from this team. They're probably it's probably one of the teams that I'm looking at at the moment. There's about three or four players that I think could get in there, and if they do, they might be straight into my fantasy side. Nick, mate, we're going to start off with you. All right. Well, I'll only go a couple of players because I know Callum will will have a few that he wants to talk about. Just looking at the percentage of players like in fantasy teams for the Cowboys, they have no one's really high, so mm. a lot of people don't know. To, if they want to put anyone in their team. So I'll just talk about Hamaso Tabuai Fido as the fullback, moving to fullback. Val Holmes going into the centers, which I think is going to happen. We're pretty certain that's going to happen. Um, Hamaso's 470K center and wing fullback. So he's got the dual position. He's priced at 38. His career average at fullback isn't the best, 33.7, but he did go there, I think, a couple of years ago. Didn't play the best. Last year, he played four games at fullback and averaged 46.3. So he did do well in his four games there last year. So I think Hammer is the type of guy, again, is is a bit of a risk. Mightn't make you a lot of money. I actually am considering him just because he does have a lot of attacking upside. And if he averaged, you know, averaging 46.3 at fullback, he's only going to get better, I think. So at the 38 break even, he's probably, you know, that 10 points of value is nearly there. He's probably going to make a bit of money. I I could consider starting with him and then trying to upgrade him to someone a little bit later, possibly the hammer. But I'll pass to Callum. He might have some extensive notes on these Cowboys because he loves the cows. The only concern I have with hammer is whether the Cowboys can score consistently this year. And like if they can get um, a lot of tries, if if they can, obviously he'll probably be involved and get a few attacking stats. But I I just don't know. They've they've got to improve a lot from last year. I'll start off with a player that I mentioned earlier, um, Ruben Cotter. He's currently priced at five hundred thousand. Had he's got an average of forty three points last season with a break even of forty points this year. Fairly well owned. I think I've got him at eight point eight here, but I think uh, he's almost. Uh, I think he's past the the ten percent um, owned at the moment. You only pretty much have him in your team if Tom Lolo plays in the front row. If that's the case, Cotter should get the starting spot uh, at lock. Um, if that's the case, he's great value. He's also dual positioned at hooker and in the mids, so that's obviously fantastic for your side. 
I think he'll probably get maybe about 65 minutes if he starts at lock. He, he has potential to play 80. He does have a, a good motor on him. He's got a point per minute average of 0.83. So I'm hoping that if he does get a spot, he'll average mid 50s, you know, and good games if he has a few attacking stats. He could get maybe a 60 or so. But yeah, if he starts at lock, then I would say great value. Yes, get him in. Another player who is owned by a few and is at a lower price is Jeremiah Nene. He's currently priced at 350000 Average 27.8 last year, break even at 28. He's someone that Fox haven't put in their predicted round one team. But I have seen a few reports from players during the preseason up there who have spoken about him very highly. He's got a very good work ethic. Uh, only a young player. Uh, but I think you know, if, if he does continue to perform well on the preseason and impress Todd Payton, he could be someone that might find his way onto the bench. And who knows, he could he could get a, uh, a starting spot on an edge throughout the season. And if that's the case, then obviously great value will be a very, very good cash cow to have on your side. Another player who I'm not overly interested in, he has been a gun in the past, is Jason Tumalolo. Mm. He's priced at 620000 average 47.9 points last year and he's got a break even of 50 points i think he's owned over five point or five percent now yeah look i'm not entirely sure what's going to happen with him this year if he plays lock he probably might score slightly better than if he does uh start at front row yeah i'm not really interested in him at the moment i could see like him scoring around 50 points which it's it's reasonable to have him in your mids Another player who they have mentioned starting at the moment is Helen Lukey. He's another young edge uh, forward at the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Price of 439000 Average 32.6 last year. Break even of 35. Owned by 4%. Should look to score better this season. Will probably play, if he does get that starting spot, anywhere between 60 to 70 minutes. Could even play the 80. Will average around, I'd say at this stage, the mid-40s. Could push towards 50s, but I'd say probably more the mid-40s. If that's the case, he will probably make around 100000 on top of his price tag. And I expect them to probably be a slow rise in his price. It won't be a, a quick out-the-gate cash cow. Make you a lot of money out of your team but he'll be he'll be someone just that will be on your bench slowly make your price rises and then you can get rid of him but look he's he does have value to him reasonable price like like we've discussed there's a few changes that could happen with this team list and all we can do at the moment is just wait for teamless tuesday to come out how do you think the cowboys are going to go this year mate in all honesty oh look as much as i'd love to say that they're going to be in the top eight and they're going to be a really good side i'm i, I think they do have slight improvement from last year mm. They, they finished, I think it was 15th last year. Thanks thanks to the Bulldogs for having a worse season than them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they can compete a little bit better. I'm not expecting them to be in the top eight, but if they can be close to it and finish like 10th, it'll be really good. Like we, we do have a really good young forwards and a, um, a solid back line, like Val mm-hmm. Holmes, international. Well, yeah, he's played for Australia. Kyle Felt played for the Maroons last year. He's been around the system for a while. The Hammer as well. Uh, they've got a, an older half this year, Chad Townsend, who could do better. But yeah, look, I I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's hard to tell, isn't it? But hopefully yeah. all three of our Queensland teams can be up there uh, this year. Would be nice. Right, we're going to move on to another team. Parramatta Eels could be a good year for them as well. Cowmate, go through the team list, please. Yes, uh, no surprise. King Gutho, Clint Gutherson will be at fullback. Hayes Dunstar and also Bailey Simonson, who joins from the Raiders this year, will be on a wing. Uh, will Penasini and Wonga Blake will be the centers. Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses in the halves. Regan Campbell-Gillard and newly appointed captain alongside Clint Gutherson, Junior Paulo, I believe, uh, will be the other front rower. 
Uh, Sean Lane and Isaiah Papali'i will be on the edge. Uh, Nathan Brown at lock. Reed Marnie will be the hooker as well. Um, then you've got on the bench, Ray Stone, uh, Maka Hesse Makatoa, Oregon Kafusi, and Ryan Matteson will be on the bench. Okay. I'm, I'm not I'm not sold on that. Um, I think Madison will probably come into the, the starting side for Lane. Um, and you've also got to note that uh, Murata Niakora and Marcus Sivo won't be available round one due to suspensions and injury, but I think they're both predicted to come back round two. Sounds like a pretty solid uh, lineup this year, mate. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably go similar to what they did last year, probably push for maybe the top four, mm. as long as all their players are fit and firing. All right, Nick, we haven't heard from you in a while, mate. Chime in, hey? No, I'm nearly falling asleep over here. Oh. <laughs> Bloody hell. Don't, don't tell the listeners that, mate. <laughs> uh, where do I start? There's a couple of good options here for Para. I do like the look of Parramatta. I will go with uh, Will Penasini, new centre. Highest ownership in the Parramatta team at uh, 11.3%. He's uh, priced at 28 points per ga- uh, Sorry, 28 break-even at 350k. He played three games at centre last year, averaged 33.7 and only scored one try. So you can probably expect him to average 30 to 35. Again, maybe upwards of that, depending how Parramatta go. I I really think Parramatta is like they're due to be like a good, like they're they're a good team, but then they fade in the finals recently. Like they usually come out and play really well at the start of the season. So Will Penasini... I think he might be a bit of a cash cow option, but in saying that, it won't be a fast cash rise. It might be a bit of a slow burn in the centers, 350, you might get up to 450K, and then you might need to sell him, but it might be a slow rise, hopefully. Hopefully, he doesn't have a, a poor game. So he could be someone to look at as a cheap option in the centers. I'll go to someone in the forward line that I have had in the past, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Bit of an interesting option as a mid, 536K. So he's a little bit cheaper than some of the other options we've been talking about. Priced at 43, average of 41.2 last year and 47.8 minutes. So didn't set the world on fire last year. He is capable of high scores though in the past when he's played bigger minutes. In 2020, he averaged 46.2. So he averaged five points higher in 2022 in 55 minutes. But at the at the moment, Paramount seem to have a lot of forwards who can play big minutes. They have Papali'i, they have Junior Paulo, they have Ryan Madison, they have Sean Lane. There's a lot of guys there that can play minutes and it's sort of affected Regan Campbell-Gillard. So I don't think I'm going to get him unless there's some sort of injury in the forwards. Maybe like one of the bench players like Kafusi or something like those young guys are starting to eat into his minutes like him and Paulo. I don't think you can buy them unless someone gets injured. Then, then they might be someone you can look at because then one of them might have to take on more of a load if the other one's out. Yeah, so that's... That's true that I've got there. Uh, Penasini, I probably am really considering. Regan Campbell-Gillard, not so much at the moment. I'll just see how their team progresses and any injuries that come out of their camp in the forward line. All right, over to you, Callum. I'm not overly interested in too many parameter players to start in my side this year. Um, Who is? Yeah, well, obviously, well, I, I am looking closely at Will Penasini just simply for the fact that he's going to be a cash cow and he's a decent side who should do well Mm -hmm. this year. And obviously centers that are in a good side tend to score better than ones who aren't. Last year, a gun I can see people maybe going with is Isaiah Papali'i. He's priced currently at 782,000, average 62.8. 
points a game last year with a break-even of 63, and he's owned by 9.7% of people. Uh, last year was great. He was a pretty good cash cow, yep. um, which he then actually turned into an out-and-out gun last year, and I picked him up not as early as others. Yeah, there was someone in our league last year. He did really, really well. He actually won our league, and he's had IPAP in from almost from the beginning and he loved him. So look, I think this year he'll probably average similar to last season. I don't believe he'll drop too much. He might slightly with tackle bus like all the other forwards are at the moment, but he'll probably stay around the 60 points. He's also dual position with middle and edge, which is obviously good to have in your side. Um, another person is Reed Marnie, 780,000, average 61.2 last year. He's got a break even of 62 and owned by just over 6% of people. He's the most expensive hooker in the game at the moment. I don't think he'll drop too much in regards to his points. He wasn't someone that uh, a lot of coaches were looking at at the beginning of last season. He flew a bit under the radar in preseason talk and just came out of the blocks and carved up and straight away a lot of people threw him in and it was he was a good buy and he had a couple of couple of injuries and one at the end of last season, which was very unfortunate for coaches who had already uh, gone through the majority of their trades at that stage. But I think this year should be a good player, probably someone that you'd look to target uh, later in the season, maybe just before the finals. All right, final thoughts on the Eels before we move on to our last team for this episode. Yeah, I think like as Callum and I have talked about, a lot of these players are like priced where they're going to be scoring at. It's really hard. Like they're all pretty good players, mm. like Marnie Papali'i. You know, another player I have here, Ryan Madison. Yes. You know, he averages. 55 points you know and that's where he's priced at and he can score highly but that's where his average is at his price point at the moment 683k Mm. you can probably go you can go with these players if you want a bit of a different player but as i said like it's probably not worth it you should try and get a gun a genuine gun Mm -hmm. or a cash cow like these players are sort of just below that gun price point maybe papali'i i'd say is probably a gun yeah and maybe reed marnie but i think there's a bit more value with like grant and maybe damien cook i think so and another player like in the halves as well like Mitchell Moses, Dylan Brown, like those guys are, are probably priced where they're going to score. Right? Like Dylan Brown, like he's priced at 51. He averaged 51 last year, which is solid. Mm. And he doesn't rely on kick meters a lot. So he might be someone who could be surprised. He he could bump his scoring up if he scores a couple tries, sets up a few, you know. But yeah, not a lot of value in this Eels team, really. No, no. And if, if look, if Ryan Madison does get the starting spot, hopefully he doesn't go down with head knocks, which he did last year, which is very unfortunate for anyone in the game to have to go through that. Yeah. And- Miss weeks. Um, but at the moment, look, he, he is a pod uh, simply probably for the fact that he is priced at 683000 which is a little bit expensive, but like he's in 1.1% of teams. If, if you want to get him in, he could be a player who might return to scoring, who knows, the mid 50s, 60s, and even hit the 70 mark. All right. We're going to move on to our final team for this episode. Last year's premiers, the Panthers, and uh, a lot of gun players, both in the NRL and in fantasy as well. Cal, take it away with the team list, mate. Yeah. So the Penny Panthers, uh, mm. Dylan Edwards at fullback. You've got Charlie Staines and Brighton To'o at this stage looking to partner each other on the wings. Stephen Crichton and Isaac Tago will be the centres. Jerome Luai and the gun, the goat, Nathan Cleary will be playing number seven. Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris should get the starting spots at front row. Happy Coruscant will be the hooker. Kikau. Liam Martin and Isaiah Yo will fill out the rest of the forward pack. And number 14 on the bench, you've got Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Leniu, and Tylan May. Gun team. 
and they backed it last year with a premiership win. Yes, unfortunately. Yes, and they haven't really lost a lot from last year. They've lost Burton and Catewell. Mavarovsky as well. Mavarovsky and Pangai Jr., I guess, added a bit to their team. But yeah. generally, they're still a really good team and their gun players are still young. They're still going to get better. So yep. yeah, they're going to be a really good team. Now, I had Kikau in there for the majority of my first half of the season. I got rid of him to bring in someone else. Can't remember who. But then he started going up in price. So that was a missed opportunity for me. Another player I also had, Leniu. Oh, yeah, Spencer. The bench. Yes, I started yes. with him as well. I did too. Yeah, I'll let you guys discuss it. But um, for me, it was a bit of a disappointment. I could have had other Panthers players in there, <coughs> Cleary. But <laughs> saying that, boys, who do we think is going to be good to have on our team this year? Well, I think Nick and I can probably both discuss about this person because I think he's probably going to be the best player as he was last year. Nathan Cleary? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Nathan Cleary. Um, the, the only problem I have with him is whether you know he doesn't start come round one. If that's the case, then Sean O'Sullivan will probably come in. But I think at this stage, it's reported that he's going to be playing. Is that right, Nick? He is reported to be playing, but I have heard like a couple news outlets, a, a podcast and stuff, that there is doubt over he, him starting round one. Like they're not going to rush him back in. Yeah, no, and Dad won't want that. I had I had confidence like maybe like a week or two ago that he's definitely going to play round one. But now I've heard all these reports. It actually, it's a bit concerning because you don't want, you don't want to start the season and have two blokes, three blokes red dotting on your team. No. And all, all of a sudden you get an injury or a suspension and then you've got five or six blokes out in week two as well. And you go, yeah. oh my God, what's going on? Well, ideally you don't want any red dots if you can for your whole squad to come round one. I've got one at the moment. I'll tell you as in Harry Grant. Yeah. Uh, look, he's going to come back round one. If Nathan Cleary though, I'm not sure what your thoughts of. Uh, on this Nick but if he isn't available until let's say like round three or four in my opinion I'm not I'm not having him I'll start with someone mm. else and I'll, I'll try and get him in another way I know yeah. I have to start with him but if it's going to be a month without then geez it's a lot of money sitting on your that's, bench that's a lot of money that's not playing in round mm. one and possibly round two look I'd it, say yeah. If you're playing head-to-head, which is what we are, if you're playing mm-hmm. head-to-head league, you could probably keep him. But if you're wanting to play overall, then I yeah, you can't you can't have him. I'm pretty sure he will play round one though. Yeah, I, I'm still pretty sure he'll play round one. I that means you will. buy him, you put the captaincy on him, and you leave it for the rest of the it. year. Thanks for coming. Take it to the bank. Do you want me to go on another player, Stephen? Oh, before before we do, yeah, oh, yes. yeah. How good is Cleary's tattoo? Oh, oh, how I know. Good. Callum loves Nathan Cleary as well. He just loves. <laughs> Loves him, follows him on every social media outlet he possibly can. Yeah. yeah <laughs> What's look. that Snapchat and Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> no, I think you've got that wrong, Nick. But anyway. I think you do. I think I, think I do. Come, yes. Comes, comes fantasy season. I love him. On the on the on the, uh, on the field though, playing. So you love him fantasy wise, but yeah. it's funny when you're oh, watching like, him, you hate him. It's so I funny. hate him, but when he does stuff, you're beauty. I, I, I don't it. get how you do that. So you love like, watching him and you hate him at the same time. Mate. It's so funny. It's a love hate relationship. Part, part of the fun of being an NRL fantasy coach, trying to have the guns in your side. Anyway, who did I interrupt? Oh yeah, sorry, Stephen Crichton. Yep. Thirty five percent of teams, Stephen Crichton. Ooh. Which is quite a lot. Really, mm. that that would be the highest like on other teams, except this team's got Nathan Cleary as well. Yeah. And he's on 48% of teams, Nelly. Yeah. So Stephen Crichton, 350K, pretty cheap center wing fullback option. So he's only priced at 28. He's moving into the centers where Matt Burton and Mavarovsky were playing. So he's he's going to be back to number one center option. Attack's going to be down his side of the field. I'm expecting him to score plenty of tries this year. Whereas last year, he only scored like not even one in three games, yeah. 30% of games. It was a bit disappointing last year. Very disappointing. I know Cal 
Tom, you've actually you actually have him or you've had him in the past. I'm someone who hasn't really had him, and lucky I didn't jump on him last year. Um, his his average at center is 37.1, so that's nine points above where he's priced this year. Last year, he played a couple of games at fullback to fill in when Dylan Edwards was out and he sort of got better at that position, I think, uh, but he didn't really score outstanding. So it might help his game. Back in the centers this year, uh, I think he will score probably around 40 points. I think you've got to have him in your team as well, unless I'm thinking some crazy land I'm living in, he's got to be in your team, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. But at his price with the dual position, that you're going to be um, pretty uh, stupid not to have him in your starting side somewhere, or even if it's not your starting side, just somewhere in your squad. So is he one of those players that you basically have to build your team around? I wouldn't say build, but I'd I'd definitely say to have him in your side. Obviously, you want to build your side around guns and whatnot. He's yeah. going to be someone who he had a couple of, I think, not not last season, obviously, but the season before he did score reasonably well. And he was a bottom price player then and was a decent cash cow. And I think he had a, a lot of scores in the 40s. So if he can do that at center or even at winger fullback, but ideally center, then it would be very nice to have him in your side or even in your squad for the run home with his dual position. Yeah, I think he could, he could be a potential keeper as mm. well and if he's not if he gets to a point and you know clear he gets injured or whatever something happens you can always just upgrade him to someone like if you're ever worried about him or if dylan edwards goes out and he has to go back to fullback you might go oh, maybe he might score as well or whatever you can always just upgrade him yeah or something definitely all right cow did you want to mention a couple of players well i know we discussed nathan clear but i probably should say how much he is and what he averaged and everything last year so uh price obviously is well above a million one million and fifty so he's top tier you put him in, it's a lot of money with the salary cap that they've given us this year. But a lot of coaches, like Nick said, he's owned by, I think it was over 47 or 48% of coaches, almost 50% are playing the game. So he's definitely someone that you, you pretty much have to start with. Average 92.8 last year, break even of 84 this year. So they have brought him down in regards to his break even with his average. But I think that's pretty much for the fact that the new style of points with kick meters and everything, I think they've adjusted it to that. So in my opinion, he probably will score the mid-80s. And if he does that, then yeah, put the put the candidacy on him. He's the best. Another person who I'm interested in, probably the third highest owned in the uh, P Panthers side, and it's a new player, is Isaac Tago. Yes. Yes, yes. he's third highest. Yeah. So he's uh, priced at 334000 uh, average 24.8 last year, break even of 22 points. And he's owned by... I think now it'd be over 20%. So he played six games last year off the bench, did reasonably well in those games. This season looks to be starting at center. He's dual position player in the edge forward and center positions, which is really good. So if you pick up um, the likes of Ewan Aiken or Jack Bird, who we'll be discussing in our next episode, mm-hmm. they both have the edge and center roles as well this year. So he's someone that you could, if you have to, you can swap around with them or even other players in those positions to balance out your sides. Or if, if you have any injuries, he can be someone you can put straight in like i said he's priced at i think he's priced at what did i say 22 but yeah look i think he's probably going to score it's it's hard to say but i'd say mid 30s obviously like i said um with will penicini before he's someone similar to him who's going to be starting center at a at a reasonably well the best side if you go by last year's form and he should get a few attacking points and a few tries to his season this year and he'll be someone, like, if, if you don't uh, sell him, if he doesn't make a lot of cash, he could be someone that you could just chuck in the emergencies and have later in the season. Like I said earlier, if, if there's any injuries, he can just go straight into your team. What about Brian Toto? Oh, Toto. 
Yeah, he's a bit expensive. He um, is. One of the guys in our league last year actually had him and talked me into getting him eventually. And he had him right at the start. And actually, he carried him well into the start of that season last year. He did, which, which was very rises. Yeah, it was very annoying. <laughs> and I eventually gave in and bought him. And I had him at the end of the season. He did really well. But he's priced at like over 700 713k. I don't think yeah. there's any value there really at the start of the season. He could be he could be someone you get at the end of the season instead of like a James Tedesco or someone. Yep. Like, yeah, he'll be a pod player. He could be a pod player at the end of the season. Like could be fourth or fifth best wing fullback. And maybe at the end of the season, you know, he has a potential to score big if he scores a couple of tries because he breaks a lot of tackles as well. I just think his price will probably come down a little bit. Yeah, uh-huh. I think so, especially with the tackle rate changes this year. He'll probably go down a little bit. But if he can continue scoring tries, he might be someone to chuck in. All right, final say on the Panthers before we wrap things up. Let's hope yeah. they don't win another season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the Penny Panthers. I love them, mate. I've got one more player, actually. Well, I'm just going to say, like James Fisher, Harris, and Isaiah, you know, they're, they're two pretty solid players, but they're both um, priced at what they're they're probably going to average around 660k and 680k. Those players are both yeah. around that point, but they're really good players for Penrith. Play big minutes. You're not going to go wrong with them, I guess, if you want to put them in your team and just forget about it for the rest of the year. One player I want to talk about, Kel. I want to get your thoughts on this player. He's really been, I've really been thinking long and hard about this one. Charlie Staines, uh-huh. mate. Charles. Yeah. 298k. Mm-hmm. Very cheap wing for He's gonna be he's gonna be playing the whole year there, I'm assuming. Like, well, the only concern I have is someone that's in the uh, bench for him at the moment, Taylor May. Taylor May, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He could be someone that might jump in for Charlie, but I'd say Staines would have the spot at the moment. That's, so Staines is very, he's a bit like a Coates, Riley, if you're not in the, in the oh, okay. fantasy scoring. So he, he, he burst on the scene in 2020. I remember what we watched one of these games, I think, here actually. He scored like four tries in his first game and he scored like two in tries the in the corner in front game. of all of his mates. They were cheering. He, mate, <laughs> yeah, he, scored, right. he, was, he scored like 80 fantasy points or something. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Then last year he plays a lot more of the season and just does nothing. Yeah. Did nothing. Didn't really score very well. He got dropped from the team, I think. Mm. But he is, you know, he is a young player. He, he should be getting better. He's fast. Penrith are a good team. Surely he's going to score a lot of tries, you know, having a bounce back sort of year. I, I don't think he's going to play a bad year like last year. I think he's going to get better. You know, it was just a bit of a down year for him. Do you think it's worth having a risk on Charlie Staines, 298k, Callum? No, don't put him in. He'll only Ooh. he'll only score points if he scores tries. He won't get many other points, I don't think. He'll be someone that'll just sit on the wing, wait for the ball to come to him, and then he'll just put it down the corner. Nick. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm really I'm really sort of considering it. Like I, I like I don't have him <laughs> in my team, but you know he's so cheap that's like yeah. you know like look he's not the worst option considering his price, but no. If if I don't have faith in Charlie Staines at two nine eight, sorry, I don't think I have faith in Xavier Coates at three thirty k either. So. <laughs> Which a lot of people have him in their team, so I don't know. I can say I'm not one of them at this stage, mate. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid. I, I don't know though. Try to avoid both. It could be, yeah. could be smart plays there. It could be smart. Um, what about this player, Nick? Um, mm. Obviously, Kurt Capewell's moved to your Broncos, and yes. Liam Martin's going to be playing on the edge. Liam Martin. I remember last year I was going to start with Liam Martin in my squad, and then you looked at my squad and said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing," and I got him out of the team. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, he's owned by a 9% of coaches. Yeah, which is up there. 499K, so he's not really priced too highly. Starting edge, has he got the starting edge spot? Villain yeah. Kickow and Liam Martin? It should be. It should be those two, I think. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I have had him. I think two years ago, and he did poorly, but has been in the Origin system now. Has awesome. to step up mm-hmm. and play big minutes in the second row because I don't think Billy Army Kickout is going to play all eighty. If I'm no. to be honest, if it's Liam Martin or Kickout, I'm picking Liam Martin to play eighty minutes. Yeah. So he could be a potential option. I haven't really looked at him too much, but he, he could make money there at 499 k I didn't really realize he was that low. Yeah, well, personally, I haven't um, put him into my side because like his average, I think it was close to 40 last year, 39.3. There you go. So break even of 40 this season. Look, to be honest, he'll probably be someone that'll just average around the mid-40s. Like, Catewell wasn't a standout last year. Obviously, he had a couple of decent games, but I think Martin will probably just be someone, yeah, like I said, it'll just be around the mid, mid-40s. mid He might have a slight rotation with the forwards, you know, like depending on how the game is, Ivan Cleary might put Kikau out and play 80. But yeah, like, like you said, I think he'll probably play closer to 80, but I'm not overly interested in him at the moment. He's one of those players that doesn't do a lot. No. When he's on the field a lot. No, like I'm looking at his stats right now. Last yeah. year, in his games over 60 minutes, mm-hmm. he only averaged 41.5. Yeah. Like it's not setting the world on fire to me. He had a game, he had a game against Roosters. He played 80 minutes and only scored 30 points. Mm. Like, and then another game, you know, 31 points here and 44 in high minutes, 41 and 75 minutes. Like it yeah. just doesn't seem to be doing a lot. That's like nearly a 0.5 PPM. Like I don't really and that's pretty, like that's pretty it. poor for an edge player. It's very poor. It's very mm-hmm. poor. He has a lot of missed tackles, 4.4 missed tackles. Because like he, he likes to do that old shoot up out of the line, sort of, you know, try and put a shot on and then bump off the tackle. Like, I hate those players. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I just, I can't buy him just because of that. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm the same at this stage. I'm not sure why he's in um, a lot of people's teams. Obviously, with his price, people are just probably saying, I've run out of money. Who else can I chuck in who's starting on edge? But I'd probably say avoid at this stage. Mm. Well done, boys, on another good episode. Very insightful. Remember, give us a like on Facebook. Just search up Three Blokes NRL Fantasy Podcast. Give us a like. Recommend it to any of the other mates who are playing this year on fantasy. Before we wrap things up, though, Callum, we're actually going to finish off Teamless next episode. Yes. So final four teams. Just remind us who they are again. Yep. So we got got uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, the big red V, Sydney Roosters, and also the West Tigers. Tell you what, bold call here. Roosters could be up there for premiership winners. I like it. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yes, I, I think they're going to be uh, quite good this year, actually. Mm-hmm. Put Kiri back in. Yep. Exciting times. Very exciting. All right, we'll see you next episode. And Nick, take it away. Have a good one. <laughs> it's not even what you said last week, mate. No, because you just said, <laughs> see you next episode. I'm not going to say it again. You said, see you next episode. Nick, take it away. All right, we'll catch you next episode. Oh.